Podtacular, the unofficial Halo Universe podcast, presents episode 865, Interview with November Black Productions, recorded live on June 22nd, 2023. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Podtacular, the unofficial Halo Universe podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Duststorm. I'm your other co-host, Godzilla T. And we have the pleasure of having two folks on from an upcoming ODST short film project called November Black. Uh, returning guest to the podcast, More Shots. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi. And we've also got uh, Vulture Productions on as well behind the, the project. Welcome yeah. to Potacular. Thank you guys for having us. We appreciate it. Hope, uh, hope the world's been nice to you guys recently. <laughs> well, we got some good season four content for Halo Infinite, so we're happy. All right. That sounds fantastic. So uh, a little brief background on myself, I guess, for the, uh, for the fans watching. Uh, I am the one of the two lead prop designers of November Black Productions, which is like previously coined the live action ODST short film we're currently in production for. Um, we've, I've personally been making props professionally for seven and a half years as a scenic artist. <clears throat> and, uh, this project kind of came out of the blue with me and a couple other Halo fans that are all local to the Cincinnati, Ohio area. And ever since then, we just kind of been chugging along for the past year and, uh, we're there. Very nice. Well, welcome to Potacular and thank you for taking time out of your all's busy schedules, I'm sure, to come tell us a little bit about the project and a little bit about this, uh, cool ODST armor that I hear I'm hearing so much about. Yeah, what else about it, by the way? Let's, let's talk about that. <laughs> uh, only what, what uh, More Shots has told us so far over DMs and what we've seen on Twitter. Fantastic. I know there's a lot of interest lately uh, amongst the cosplayers and I'm sure you all have heard of Installation 00's Mjolnir project as well. So sure. There's a lot of kind of the uh, I guess more lore accurate or more heavy duty type armor seems like it's being worked on lately so i'm curious in what your all's process has been with making the armors did it start off as like making an armor and then hey we can make a short film out of this or was the short film the initial start and then the armor came out of this how did that all come together in the first place uh, about two years ago me and my brother we were playing firefight on halo reach uh and we were in we we we, he doesn't cosplay much, but, you know, uh, we, we played Army of Two for a long time when we were younger. And it was like, hey, man, it'd be fun if we made like a, a, a Salem and Rios from Army of Two. And just go to a con at that. And then sure enough, a year later, we're playing Firefight. And I was like, you know, it'd be really cool. It's like if we made some ODSTs. And he was like, yeah, that would be cool. So uh, I got on a horn with my buddy Sean Bradley. And uh, he makes vacuum formed uh, ODST armor, kind of like Stormtrooper armor is. And... Um, Got like a few sets from him. We we built them up. Yeah, Moore's got one of the helmets there that I did up for him. But the you know the kids came and we put them together. And then uh, I met a guy named Daryl uh, Daryl Kemper, whose uh, handle on anything is all first three D. He um he mentioned that you know like he's really fascinated by the ODST armor and he's been wanting to do something. He he did one from that Neil Blumkamp short, the uh, the Landfall trailer. He was going to do for the Halo movie that never happened. And yep. um, 
we kind of started talking and everything. And it was like, you know what? We should make something that nobody's done before, uh, you know, reach ODST era armor. Uh, there's a lot of differences and it, it, it's minute at best, but there's a whole lot of differences between the three, four games. So um, we put our heads together. We reached out to some of the devs from uh, the reach game and then some of the conceptual artists and everything in between. So we were able to uh, get some of the original uh, mock-ups they had for all of the armor and some of the, the layouts, essentially. We ripped them from the game. Uh, we put them in a blender. Uh, we did some initial sculpting, three-dimensional on, blender, on the blender. And then uh, we turned them into STLs. We resin printed everything. We sanded it all down, polished it up looking clean. And then we made molds. And then finally, we, uh, we roto-casted them in a polyurethane resin. And then paint application, then rigging it all up to wear. So, I mean, it's it's been a long journey coming, but, uh, you know, like, there's there's uh, five ODS, Reach era ODSTs, I'm sorry, four Reach era ODSTs in the film, and all those armors are the exact same. And, uh, you know, from start to finish with the process, I think it was only seven months to have four hmm. fully workable kits that were made rubber, which is, which is an accolade in and of itself. But there was only two of us working on it the entire time. But, of course, all the wow. other guys... And they, they, you know, they come down. And they, they, they help a lot too. But you know, only yeah, seven months for two people—that's an impressive time uh, delivery. Yeah. Well, you know, we're we're very passionate Halo fans, and we wanted to do something nobody's ever done, and uh, we hit it really hard. Uh, so you know, it's just like just just running and gunning and getting it done right. I mean, every detail is in the armor that we made, everything, and then some. If it, if it wasn't. We put it in there. We added it. You know what I mean? That's cool. So, obviously, a lot of the project is still kind of under wraps. or hasn't been a lot on social media yet about what sure. the underlying story is or narrative. There's been a lot of showcase of the armor and the practical effects. And there was a video, I think you posted maybe this week or last week, about you all doing some fire range stuff. So, how big is this project? Obviously, short film can kind of be interpreted to being various lengths could be like a short seven minutes could be 30 minutes so how big of this project with obviously whatever you can actually reveal is uh november uh november black uh all in all uh for a length i think we're shooting at between 40 to 55 minutes long and Ooh. but we're not we're not really sticking to any set frame of length it just it, it hinders us a lot and we don't you know, like the project in itself, we, we got a lot of flack on Twitter the other day because uh, we did a lot of hours of filming and then uh, more. He got a few shots of us sleeping on set and uh, <laughs> and a whole lot of people was, were, were upset. You know, it's a writer's strike happening and everything out in L.A. right now. And they said, you know, you guys should unionize and this and that. So everybody thinks we're a pretty big production. Um, but there, there's only 12 to 15 of us, including the volunteers. And um it's it's not very big as far as like a monetary cost. It's like you, like you mentioned when you hear like a short film, you think it's just going to be some piddly backyard stuff. But I fail to know an exact number because I dare not add it up. <laughs> I I would say between all the material costs alone, we're well over uh, seventy five thousand dollars between ten people, and then may, maybe up to a quarter of a million dollars worth man hours easily, and that's only within wow. the past eight months. And and there's yeah. it's not it's not funded by by anybody at all. Yes. It's just us, you know. So far, it's all been out of our pockets and like a learning. We're all learning as we go. Yeah. Um, 
like we all work together and chip in best way we can with certain skill sets and the ones that are good at certain thing, we let them excel on it. And if we can help them out, we all help out each other. And, yeah. but yeah, that's incredible kind of like funding and everything right now, nothing, but the, what we're bringing to the table and like what we've invested in, it's what Larry said, like it's, it's getting up there. That's cool. It's steep for sure. Um, yeah. just, just another caveat to the whole ordeal. We will be opening up a, a, a Patreon and a GoFundMe or some, uh, you know, some, some sort of thing like that. Uh, my job is just prop management and making, you know, and then fixing and doing whatever I have to do, which I'm happy to announce. We haven't had to fix anything on set yet, but we're going to launch our pilot trailer essentially. And that's probably going to be five to 15 minutes long. And then, you know, there's going to be the option to fund it if need be. The reason why we're not immediately asking for money off rip is because we don't want to be just some Joe blows coming out of left field, you know, e-begging essentially. So, uh, you know, we want to show people what we're capable of with no budget. And then, you know, if people choose to back us, that's fine. But other than that, it's, it's going to happen regardless, honestly. Yeah. That's cool to see that there's commitment there. Y'all have a lot of stuff already planned out. Shows that y'all have already put in the effort to make it worthwhile. So hopefully people will get on board with the idea. I know I'm certainly excited for it and I'll be helping out wherever I can with uh, however, you, whatever path you all decide to do that. Um, I want to do one more framing question and then I'll let GT ask some of his questions. I'm sure he has. But as far as your all's role within the project, um, so Vulture, you said you do a lot of the prop management stuff, make sure everything is working on that. Um, sure. More since we've had you on the show, we've seen a lot of your practical effect shots that you've done and that you've posted in the Halo community. So are you doing a lot of that kind of practical shot setup? Or are you do- focusing more on the armor? What's what's your all's kind yeah. of role within the project? I mean, officially my main role would be like pretty much PR and marketing is my main role. But outside of like helping out the props, that's the minimum, but everything else... I'm running behind the scenes like the best way I can with whatever I can, but marketing and helping spread the word and uh, getting in contact with people, like show them what we're doing. Uh, that's been my biggest role right now. I've been working on acting on acting. I've helped out our director with being occasionally the second cameraman occasionally and editing a few things whenever I can and just knocking out all pretty much all the social media stuff. I'm one of the main people behind it of posting. And then some of our guys will be the one commenting. And he's been absolutely killing it in the PR sector, man. Just absolutely demolishing it. There's a lot of cool stuff that's going to happen in like the next few weeks. Uh, and if you guys are yeah. following it, the November black accounts, like you're going to, I'm serious, dude. Like keep I was blown. Keep a close eye. Cause he's <laughs> going to be very surprised of, who we've gotten in touch with like there's gonna be some cool things coming up i've, I've yeah. followed all the accounts i can so far the only thing i haven't yeah. found yet is if you all have a facebook page or not but i found the instagram i found the twitter found the youtube so yeah. i pray much for the most part posts everything we have youtube instagram our twitter which i'm still gonna try to figure out what we could use on that because i realized that my page seems to be like the best way to voice out what we're doing so we'll figure out what we can use for twitter on that and then i created tiktok a few weeks ago and that's gained thirty-three thousand followers and i'm using that wow. to try to push to our youtube because we're going to post our movie on youtube 
Yeah, potentially. Uh, there's a lot of scenes in the script that might not be YouTube friendly, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. If this is going to be a rating, it would be an R straight up. And especially with how YouTube is now, we might yeah. have to make two different versions. Maybe we'll, we'll see on how it goes. Well, hopefully you don't get hit too badly with that. I know YouTube is kind of a roller coaster as far as its community guidelines and whatnot. And hosting not, movies is, is one thing. We're not monetizing it because we can't. But so that's yeah. one, one thing we have going is, and then we've looked into all like the guidelines with how to use Halo's IP. We're following it the best way we can. And we've seen other people that have done it successfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. trying to think of what projects we've seen so far because there there's been a lot of projects that have tried to get started and haven't gone anywhere like Operation Chastity and mm-hmm. I haven't seen any of the Kickstarter ones I've seen the ones that have been posted on YouTube which alright <laughs> so y'all are looking to be the top echelon after this production is done right no no no, uh, that's, <laughs> no, no I uh, it, you know like I, I'm a very humble guy. Like if I'm being just blatantly honest and, uh, you know, uh, the, the only thing I'm here to do like in life is to make other people's lives happier. Really? Uh, so like, I don't, I don't strive for the top place in any race, but man, if I'm, if I'm there, that's cool. I'm not going to brag and boast about it, but you know, like, you know, I'm comfortable. Think- with myself, so I don't need to strive for greatness. You know, it's just like, what? <laughs> so you know? my personal goal is I want to help inspire more people, like show them. I know on how, everything is with halo like let's get people excited for halo show that there's more than just like one part of the halo franchise let's let's get more people to get creative and like hey if we can do this on our own like with a next to nothing budget as long as you guys are creative you got the passion you go do it figure it out like that's what we're doing we're literally figuring it out that's great well it sounds like you all have the drive for it so wish you all the best that you can get with the whatever, however you plan to fundraise it and get it produced, and they have the support all the way to the end. That was the most awkward transition to GT I've ever heard in my life, and that's the only one I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you guys uh, best stuff and good time. Good, good job. <laughs> Here you go, GT. <laughs> Gee, thanks, Dust. I appreciate that. <laughs> Such a lead-in. How can I top that? Um, <laughs> as far as your, I, I mean, how many pieces of armor are you looking to build for the movie? Uh, in total? Yeah. Oh, shoot. I couldn't even really put it like a, like numerically. I don't know. Uh, if we're talking individual pieces, you mean individual pieces of armor or how many like full on ready to wear I costumes? Think. Like ready to wear costumes that are actually going to appear in feel, film. Okay. So, um, if I could just touch on a little background with Halo lore that I'm sure you guys are very familiar with, but you know, there was the insurrectionist prior to the covenant war. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so naturally the insurgents were robbing a bunch of UNSC stuff and as much equipment as they can get from them to use in the fight against them. So we're taking some, some Marine type armor from Halo reach and we're incorporating that into some of the insurgent costumes. So there, there's going to be, you know, anywhere from five to, 20 people wearing full armor kits at any given time. But, uh, you know, the, the insurgents are going to, they're not just going to be wearing the ODST armor with a different paint color. Cause that would just be dumb and cheap and silly looking. 
So it's just like there's a whole bunch of different armor pieces that go on. Uh, I think up to this point, I think we got about 120 molds made for this this production, which is pretty staggering. That's almost like junior Hollywood sized armor production. Um, yeah, but that's you know. a lot of armor. Yeah. Oh and yeah. The amount of research we done on the insurrectionists, like what's what little concept that we have, it's it's pretty crazy on how they look good. Yeah. So there, there, there's just scant uh, opportunities to see anything visually. The insurgents ever brought to fight with the UNSC. So, you know, we're we're harvesting what we can from the sources that we can. We're getting some behind the scenes stuff that was never released, game assets and things like that. Just that different things to pull and prod from, and we're combining that all into uh, you know our minds for production. And we're just we're, we're banging it out. And the cool thing is, it's all going to be super durable, just like the ODST armor. It's going to be stunt armor essentially. Yeah, oh, one. Good. I mean, like one cool story, like with the designs and everything. Like after we got done with the first filming session and everything, uh, we we're talking with Joey, and he hopped on a Halo Reach just to kind of. We're just having like the well, costume design on the insurrectionists, and the first level there's farmers there, and they wore almost exactly what we kind of would wear, but in a more civ- a civilian style clothes, which Noble Team mistook them as militias. Yeah, and that is like. Wow, we really dug into that and got it almost like perfect. I, I'm almost ashamed about the insurgents because they're probably going to look cooler than the ODSTs. Honestly, uh, <laughs> you know they're not as uniform and it's just more ragtag. We, man, we source so much stuff from like yesteryear's military surplus. Nothing that's going to be uber recognizable to the fan base, but I mean they could like Czechoslovakian uh, rain gear, things like that for the mm-hmm. undersuit. But you know some contemporary tactical gear, but it's all from different countries. I mean. I, I have friends all over the world, so it's like, hey man, can you find me some random crap? And like, yeah, and, you know, it just, just comes together. We got so many random odds, bits and bobs. It's it's been fun. So with all the armor, you're trying to stick with a reach theme. Uh, it's, or are you going to spread it out like into CE as well? So with the uh, with the UNSC operatives specifically, yeah, they're all going to be reach era, just because that was the armor of the day. But with it's an interesting question because the insurgency, they will have some nods to CE stuff, but almost every frame that you're going to see in a short film, it's going to have Easter eggs in a one way, shape or form. And it's going to be one of those things where you rewatch it and it's going to be like, wow, I never noticed that drop pod sitting over there, that little miniature drop pod sitting in the corner of the shot. And there's all kinds of random things, but there's going to be a whole lot of nods to CE. I mean, of course, why wouldn't there be, you know? It wouldn't cool. be a Halo production if there wasn't an Easter egg, right? There's going to be a ton dude like every shot we were setting up uh when we were shooting a pilot was like oh josh that's cool i didn't even know you put that there he's he's like he's dude his vision for cinema photography is just insane like he he's gonna be the next tarantino hands down if he if he pursues yeah. it he really for yeah, sure like, he's I, a bad man. like i i thought i'd knew some stuff in the toy photography and then as soon as he got behind the camera showed me like videography and it starts talking about color grading i'm like dude i I'm an amateur man. I, I I didn't know anything until he like started telling me this, and he gets all technical. You can talk about it for days, and then when we're when we're filming, like everything going on in that guy's head is insane. Like just how many little details that he is thinking about at one. He's madman. Okay. Yeah, I can't comprehend on how much that he can process. Yeah. yeah Interesting. So it sounds like you all have a pretty good uh, band of talent behind the project. And obviously with 
something like this, you probably have stunt coordinators and I guess as far as costume design, you two are probably as far as like the costume and and maybe more, maybe a little bit of the set stuff. But I think you said you had 15 people amongst, I guess, staff and volunteer. So what other roles do you have with, with this kind of production? So myself and the other guy who runs the prop department, we are uh, two of the ODSTs. One of my local friends, Deb, she's one of the ODSTs. And the other guy, he's, I don't know if he wants me to say anything about his, his you know, what he did as an occupation prior, but, you know, like he's, he, he started out as our, um, as our tactical coordinator, essentially, um, teaching us how to clear rooms, how to move through structures, you know, in, in formation, essentially, you know, to where you're just aware of everything around you. And, uh, you know, our, our guy who was going to fill his shoes, you know, our medic and our team of ODSTs, he backed out. So now our, 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 our tactical trainer, our drill instructor, essentially, because I mean, he's, he's a rough ride to learn from, man, but, you know, <laughs> He's, uh, he took the spot as our medic, so not only is it advantageous for us, but you know he can also teach us things on the fly when we're moving through corridors, so we're not so time constrained. But you know, Anthony, he or you know more, he also fills the spot of the AD, the assistant director, periodically when Josh needs him to. And uh, you know, as far as stunt coordination, we don't have anybody professionally trained for stunts, but um, we're we're capable enough to pull them off, I think, safely, uh, making sure nobody gets hurt. Uh, I know mean, we. we- They've learned in the group that I'm the crazy one. So if there's a stunt up, like throw me in. Where do you want me to throw? Where do you want me to fall? I'll do it. He's so little, he just bounces, you know? Yeah. But, you know, most of the people, any of the volunteers at some point in time, though, uh, especially during a pilot trailer, everybody that was there helping, they're unintentionally in the film. We needed more insurgents and we weren't aware of it until it was time to go. So, you know, it's like, hey, you want to get kitted up real quick? And we're like, oh, uh, I guess what do I got to do. And just I've worked on several films to where it's like, you know, two hours is like a year in hell. But everybody there, I think we filmed for 20 hours straight and everybody was still in high spirits. At one point, Moore's wife looked at him and she goes, I, I think it was like 430 in the morning. And we started at noon the day prior. And she goes, uh, I'm tired. Let's go back to the hotel. And he goes, we're all tired. Like, suck it up, honey. Like. Just absolute <laughs> madman, <laughs> but every, everybody's yeah. really, everybody's really, they're rock solid, and uh, I couldn't be a part of a better crew, honestly. That's great to hear. And my my other question before I shoot it back over to GT because I like to ask a lot of questions. As far as the script, did you all develop a script out the gate and then start going from there, or, or did the script kind of? come around the action shots that you want to do and some of the story that because i think in one of the trailers or pilot videos there's a mention that this is based off of one of the stories in um either off the halo encyclopedia or one of the halo um uh the halo encyclopedia books can you elaborate on that a little bit yeah more do you want to take that or do you want me to i mean you're, I missed that meeting when it happened, but I was filled in. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, so, it takes place during the the, the insurgency. Uh, you know, which there was a lot happening at the time in Halo lore. Uh, but you know, I, I, I you had to excuse my ignorance. I forget the year exactly. I think it's twenty five forty something. I can't really remember. But um, it's on a planet called Jericho Seven, where all this takes place, and people can literally just look at a book and tell exactly what happens. But I mean, you know, it's like 
essentially, you know, X, Y, Z happened. Then the UNSC responded in full force where everything that leads up to that. We are the, the, we based our film loosely. It's all canon, but we based our film. Well, I don't want to say loosely, but extremely tight to that point, right prior to the, the UNSC's primary invasion of Jericho seven. Uh, there was a heavy insurgency operation happening there. A nuclear bomb went off in the city, killed a whole bunch of people. And then the UNSC uh, wanted to figure out where these weapons were coming from. So in our film, uh, they deployed a group of ODSTs who were basically Oni hitmen uh, to track down this high-ranking insurgent leader for a group called the Freedom Fighters. That's what they're called in lore. Cheesy, but it's just the name of their group. And, uh, you know, you go in and you you do what you do what crazy guys do to terrorists, you know. I don't really want to get too far into it, but yeah, yeah, it, it's it, it really hugs lore. Like there's there's no silver timeline, there's no alternate timelines. This is what it is. This is what it happened, and this is why the UNSC invaded Jericho Seven in full force. It's all like a prelude, essentially, to what what happens. Like there's just there's just a small space that we were able to comfortably just nestle ourselves into, and it was like, man. Uh, like why did why did the UNSC do that? It's like I got an idea. So yeah. uh, one night we like on, on my workshop table we wrote down in Sharpie like inspirations we want to pull from Alabama Brothers, Saving Private Ryan, uh, you know, 1917 things like that. And then you know it was like what type of vibes are we going for? And we went down the list and we just plucked and pulled from each thing and we wrote down a cohesive script based off of that. So like it's going to be really gritty. There's definitely a close timeline as far as canon lore is concerned. You know, very good. That's a that's a good way to to really get yourself in there. Yeah, to sum it up, they looked at the encyclopedia. They found a something that is there that leaves creative freedom for us within the the actual lore. Like, there's something there that's really vague that opens up to more things, and we dove kind of in the middle of that. Yeah, head first. Dove head yeah. first into it. It's like, hey, look. Look, there's something here. Let's let's make it our own thing. That way, we're not going to hurt any of the lore stuff, and it's going to tie directly into it. And we have full creative control on what we want to do with it. The, the the most important part to everybody involved in the process of making this though was that it was not only plausible but hyper believable. Like it's like, wow, that totally makes sense. There's there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen in the film, and I, I'm sure a bunch of short film creators make that. But I, I personally, I think we're we're really going to hit people with a one, two, uh, on our production, you know, that sounds very exciting, especially with the way that you're talking about nestling yourself within a story that has the creative freedom is a really good way to get story told. And I hope you all get some attention for it too. It sounds like y'all are putting in the work for it. Yeah. And nobody's even, I don't think I have any comments yet, but, uh, with the title itself, that goes back into lore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. It's not yeah, a random but, title. Like that's an actual lore thing right there. Yeah. Oni uh, tends to have classifications for what they label specific things as far as uh, stringency is concerned. And uh, November black is literally like Oni's designation for just the worst case scenario. And that is a little bit of a, misnomer and an easter egg so i'm not going to talk anymore about that <laughs> <laughs> well i know i don't halo know the November reference black on the halo halopedia you'll see what the whole description of november black and like that's where our title our title came from then we're talking about that yeah. 
I don't know the reference off the top of my head. I would have to go yeah. look at it. GT might it's, have a better remembrance Steve, I, of that. I understand what they're talking about. Like yeah. above top secret. And there you go. Like, no, we're not saying more on that one, but that will, that in itself is we are staying true to like the halo lore as much as we can. Yeah. Very good. So far in the production, have there been any hurdles that have kind of made you stumble or has it been pretty smooth sailing? I like that you asked the most technical questions. I can really appreciate that a lot. No, no hurdles, literally at all. Like, uh, uh, I think the biggest one, though, I mean, you'll probably didn't think about getting everyone together. Finding a schedule that fits everyone's schedule. Well, you know, we all have full-time jobs, but I can see yeah. that being uh, some people, yeah. Yeah. yeah, adulting sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, we need a film. It's like, it is like the hardest thing. Like, so when we go down to film, we put in the work because how hard it is just to get everyone together. Like, we even trying to get a small group together too is just hard. So I'd say yeah. that would be our biggest challenge. I mean, so like the, the place we shot our pilot trailer, it's a haunted house, it's semi local. By semi local, I mean it's like four and a half hours north of me. So, like, trying to get a group One of people, yeah, lucky, <laughs> people to willingly travel that distance just to eat some pizza and help out on the film set is it was kind of a deal, but not really because you know it all worked out. Like, I, I, I more approach everything like here's our target. You, know, you, you just you lay your eyes on it and you do what you got to do. You know, it's it's not it to, to me as far as like production with making everything. Uh, Daryl, all for three D, and myself were so experienced with it uh, and doing it such vast and large quantities that that wasn't a hurdle. But more is more is pretty spot on. Sometimes it can be a hassle to get more than one person on the same page. You know, uh, I have a wife and kids. All for three D as a wife and children. You know, and uh, it's it's just one of them things. But you know, we're we're able to pull away and do what we got to do for the betterment of the community and the film by the fans for the fans. You know. Mm-hmm. That's great, yeah. A sixteen-year-old me would have been super giddy about this film. <laughs> so, I'm bad, you know. I'm doing it for that sixteen-year-old dude out there. It's just trying to live his golden years in Halo, playing it, and then he's gonna be, man, these guys. I want to be like them. So, like Moore said earlier, kind of tie it together, like you know, inspire. Thirty-year-old me would have been happy to see this. Other than yeah. finishing, uh, are there any specific parts of this? adventure you guys are looking looking forward to yeah Yeah, (laughs) i said your interrogation scene i'm really looking forward to that (laughs) i'm excited that's what the hands for yeah Yeah. that's right yeah not much to go on that one but yeah let's just say i've been digging into seer training and Um, looking at personal experiences from seer training i'm going on all out on this. I got yeah. my acting abilities. Um, the director Josh Walls or uh, cinema cine photography on Instagram. He like I mentioned earlier. He's he's today's Tarantino, you know. And uh, he also used to be a sergeant in the army. And I, in in the film, I play the squad lead of the ODSTs, and we were coming back from a convention. I mean, we've been to so many in the past month. But, you know, it's like me and him, we drive to and from just to promote the film and hang out and do what we do. I like one of the conventions as it is. But we have a lot of hours on the road to talk between each other. And I asked him uh, a few weeks ago, I said, Josh, you know, what can I do to better, you know, emulate a squad leader 
in a military type setting. And he, he ran me through like kind of a mental gauntlet. And then at the end, it was all, it was a really cathartic experience just talking with him about it. But, he, you know, he's like, here's how you can implement this into this film and make it work better. So it's not necessarily a form of method acting, but it's definitely something that's going to aid in the function and the structure of the film and the settings that we're going to be in. But to, to Moore's point, him looking into SEER training, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the acronym, but it's Survival, Evasion, and uh, what's the R and the E stand for, Moore? Survival, Evasion, uh, SEER. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, like reconnaissance that. and Escape. That's yeah. right. Yeah, reconnaissance. Yep. Yep, that's it. But the biggest one is in SEER training. That's where they throw you into, essentially they train you to be, survive in the wilderness and then they hunt you down and then they may pretty much make you into a prisoner and torture you as training. Yeah. Especially wow. for Air Force pilots because when the, the pilots have to, you know, we go to war and the pilots go mm-hmm. out and they're on the, in another country and the plane crash and they survive, they probably will get captured. So they're trained to survive that. Yeah. And so, so I'm looking like, at like that kind of the documentaries on that. I'm looking at all, all the documentaries on not like a prisoner of war or anything, but like what was what was the mindset that they had when they hit that when they got captured? Like what was their mindset going on that? So to his point, it's not necessarily method acting so much yeah. as this just kind of tapping into it just to see like a real world variation of it turn into the Halo lore. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'd be weird for us to method act. I mean, we saw... I we did one very... Jeez Louise. <laughs> <laughs> like, we did, like... I did one, like, very serious take, and then they had the behind the scenes. We Later on, I want to post that, of me going all serious. I had, like, those killer eyes in me, and, like, how do I do? Like, immediate. I, like, it's like, two different faces. Yeah! How do I do? Yeah. I mean, at least I'm you're so- trying to stay true to what the experience might actually be, and that would hopefully come through the screen as far as a more yes. authentic feel to it. For me, that's, I think that's important for me. Like I've never done acting before, but I've always wanted to. And I feel like I've seen t- with a lot of newer actors, it's either, Oh, method acting. And I'm like, that's you're crazy. It's acting, but just make it believable. Like I always notice being in the Marine, that just military in general. And you notice all these little mistakes. One, people are not gonna be that motivated. There's all these little things that just kind of will take me out of it. So I kind of want to try to bring it at, make it more grounded and more realism to it. The best way that I can. I've kind of challenged myself as well without doing any method acting. I just want to try to challenge myself as acting. I've always wanted to which, try it. and I've, Which is the exact reason I'm looking forward to his interrogation scene. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be pitching ideas to them to, as well, I'm like we're gonna make this look more interesting. So I have ideas that I've already I've written up. Well, I'm looking forward to his interrogation scene now. It'll be hot and bothersome. <laughs> <laughs> I got the hair for it. I got nice hair. Yeah. Get that nice close up shot. Yeah. How many scenes will. have you all started doing scenes yet, or has been still a lot of pre production? Like, what stage no. are you at, at at in production at the moment? No, we're not in pre. We're not in pre-production so much. Um, uh, we we filmed uh, the opening sequence to um, essentially the opening sequence to the interrogation. I don't want to give away too much. Uh, I, know, I know our director would be pretty furious with me if I did, but yeah. we got. We'll circle back around another time after 
the film's out yeah. or close to the film's out, we can we can have you all on again and talk more. That'd be fantastic. But uh, we we've been shooting. I think in total we've shot thirty six hours in total. So you know I don't know what the exact arithmetic is, but you'll probably get ten minutes of uh, ten minutes of usable footage out of that, give or take. Um, <clears throat> but you know there's been a lot of filming. Everybody's already got their feet wet. They know kind of what to expect and what to do. And, uh, you know, just, just to general op opsec of it, you know? So yeah, there's been a lot of filming already. That's great. When you all yeah. expect to have something kind of more tangible and you think as far as a timeline, you think this will be sometime later this year, next year, too early to say. No, not at all. Uh, we, we have a pilot? few. Like, yeah, so there, there's the pilot that we're going to launch, and then you know we're going to launch the short film, and then the pilot's going to be in the introduction to the short film as well. But we want to get the pilot out just to show people what we're capable of doing and making as a small group. I I would probably say a month from now we'll have the pilot live, maybe a month and a half, if everything uh, goes smoothly. Yeah, we're right. about. I personally, I want to aim before September for the pilot. As for the film to be announced yeah. yeah so that that's the big thing right it's like the time constraint yeah so originally we were pushing <laughs> a lot of jokes on set about it we were pushing to deliver it sometime in november or december as a completed project wrapped up handed to the fans pretty uh we were going to release it on black friday because november black and we were going to make we were making jokes about it being a christmas film and <laughs> well solid. you know there's die hard i don't know you how know? qualifies as a christmas film but apparently it does just because it happens during christmas season doesn't mean it's a christmas film you know yeah i will fight people till the day i die <laughs> I, don't even care. I will fist fight people i'm, I'm over it i'm so that to me uh but yeah so the pilot probably the next month or two we'll have that drop for sure and people can kind of see what we're shaking with uh but overall film i think we're gonna you know I don't want to sound too permissible, but I, th I think probably next year overall, like this time next year, it will be publicized for a while. So, you know, you know, I don't want to put a timeline on it and make anybody stress out, but maybe January, February, March of next year at the latest, at the latest. Very good. So it might come out in December. Who knows? We'll see. It might be Stay a Christmas tuned. movie. It <laughs> might, I might just drop it on Christmas Eve just to say, screw your holiday plans are ruined. <laughs> we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to see what uh when it comes out. Either way, I mean a production like this it sounds like it's going to go well. That already sounds like it's gone well. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Y'all have the passion and the drive for it. Can only hope for the the best for y'all in this. Yeah, many thanks. Candidly, I I know you said that you have seen some of the uh the armors and whatnot. Prior to this, and GT, I'm more specifically uh, asking you: Is there anything you got, you guys, but GT specifically would like to see, or um, you know, just any type of information about the armor, any type of things you'd like to see done to it to understand the levels of durability this stuff brings to the table? I mean, if you want to show off the durability of the armor, that's totally up to you. Honestly, I'm just impressed with the detail that that anybody brings to this armor, uh, your armor, it doesn't matter whose. I'm always impressed with how authentic it looks. 
granted, there's better and worse depending on skill, which I, you know, I can't do it. I don't have the patience. Uh, I don't have the skill, but it just always impresses me with what these things, what, you know, these pieces of armor that people turn out. I mean, from an ODST to 11 foot tall hunter, mm. it just always impresses me. The talent in the halo community to build this stuff. Yeah, for sure. I think for yeah. me, a lot of the, the kind of the minute detail from a functionality perspective, because obviously when you're building armor, there is a lot of detail on like the scratches and the dents and the paint job and all that stuff. But I think for me, the cool part to see from an ODST armor perspective is, and, and maybe this is probably a little more in the VFX or maybe a little bit more staged, but how it functionality is used to enhance the soldier's ability. Cause Obviously, just having armor and having things ping off it and and then all the detail is one thing, but obviously this isn't quite to the armor specifically, Like, but like the visor integration or, okay, if someone gets hit really bad, there's something on screen that really shows from the armor that, hey, it's really taken that impact and it's shown either in the acting of it or uh, some other mechanism. So. I don't know if that makes sense, but it, it. The- yeah. you're talking specifically ballistic functionality, right? If I'm not mistaken, uh, that in utility. So like it has all the pockets and, and whatnot, like ODST and Marines have all the, the pockets and functionality, like the mag attached for pistols on the side, all the different grenade pockets, ammo pockets, seeing all those actually used instead of just pieces on an armor would be cool to see it's hanging out okay yeah i get it so you would be fascinated to hear uh functionality is my forte especially when it comes to making uh highly armored individual costumes so each one of these costumes they were each individually geared towards the wearer and what the profession would be you know in the film <clears throat> that in mind all the armor is completely mobile and usable according to the wearer so Getting the armor on and off has always been a task for a lot of people. You'll notice a lot of cosplayers, uh, not to talk down upon anybody, but you'll notice a lot of cosplayers, in my opinion, they need a handler or, you know, they they lack visibility and they just need somebody to kind of walk them around and hold their hand. We in November Black don't do that at all. (laughs) Uh, So if you can't get in and out of your armor within five minutes, it's wrong. And you need to re-engineer how you're putting it on and how you're doing it and how you're rigging it all. So <clears throat> that in mind, if you're of a mind, I will give you a demonstration. I could pull this off the mannequin and I can get it on in probably less than 30 seconds, honestly. I like that. In- I like that a lot. Yeah, like, even with how he designed the rally kits, it's, I'm thinking if this was real, like the ODST stuff was real, it probably would have been designed the way that Larry has it functioned. Like it's yeah. really practical. It's still breathable and flexible, and it's you can do everything yourself with it. So in Reach, you might have noticed when you encounter the bullfrogs, uh, all of their armor is hodgepodge, and they're all entirely different. Well, to some degree. And um, uh, when we were writing the script for the film, to me, it was as if the, the Reach ODSTs you know, the, the invasion of the Covenant was so sudden 
and they just kind of grabbed whatever they could out of their lockers and their gear. They just threw on whatever they could. And they went out, to, you know, to stop the invasion. And it was like, wow, those guys must have done that pretty rapidly. So it was like, so I, we, we got to do that, right, guys? And everybody's like, yeah, yeah good luck problem solving. And I bet you can't. So we did. Um, so let me take this off the mannequin. And I'll show you how quick we can kit up if you'd like. Sure. Go for it. All right. So armor sits here. Yeah. For those in the audio version of the podcast, we're, we're seeing Larry put on an ODST armor and he just put the whole top piece over his head and, and on, and he's got it on and clipped up and ready to go. That's it. All I need to do is put the bicep straps on and it's a, it's a hundred and ten percent ready to rock for combat against the cubbies or the insurrectionists. And, uh, you'll also probably, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have the eye for the detail or not, but you'll notice a lot of people too. They don't, <clears throat> they don't have the neck protection that the ODSTs do from reach. However, we do because details matter to me. And uh, I was just about to say the not the neck piece, but how it kind of comes up and has a little bit of a rigidity around it was not yeah, something yeah, I was expecting. Collar. Yeah, the collar. Yeah. It's a nice two piece collar that aligns itself all the time. You know, it's it, it, it's like I said, the whole the arm, whole armor is completely mobile. Just to give you an idea of the construction, uh, this is one of the shoulders, and you know you can bend this thing any way, shape, or form you want. And uh, the whole armor is made of that. It's just this really nice urethane resin. Painting resin has always been the biggest issue for a lot of people, but uh, we were able to accomplish that with next to no issues at all, thanks to Off Earth 3D. Cool. Yeah. Have you guys seen the uh, all the accoutrements on the helmets and everything? Not in detail yet. I've seen a couple of pieces from the flyby videos and other little videos that have been posted, but I haven't gone specifically look at the helmet details yet, other than the, the nice cool red visor, which looks really neat. Oh, that's... <clears throat> would, would you yeah, like to see the ones? Sure. Yeah. So We'd love to see any anything you want to show off. We would love to see. Mine's not being used for the film. Like Mine is... From Sean Bradley on Etsy and everything. That this is not being on the film. Yeah. So me and my brother, when we built our ODSTs, they were all from the same vendor that he has that helmet from. It's, his name is Sean Bradley. He's a very talented creator in, in and of itself. <clears throat> but his helmets are Halo 3 in that Reach era. There's a lot of little details on them, but this is the November Black helmet specifically. And as you might recall, the all the little helmet attachments. I have mm-hmm. the top link. I, I, I'm sorry, UAV link, something like that to it. And uh, even the flashlight mounts and everything. The flashlight works as a flashlight should. Uh, they, they always have this little night vision goggle mount, I think is what it would be, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But GoPro mount. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a GoPro mount. We built it anyway. And then on the inside of the visors, they light up. Um, you can't nice. really make it out. You can kind of see the. Visor. We can see it. Yeah. Yeah, we can yeah. see it. Not on. Yeah. But as you guys probably know, you know, it's really hard to get expressions off of people when they're wearing helmets and you can't see their eyes. And for some of the more intimate scenes, we wanted to be able to illuminate the ODST's face so you can kind of get a visual read, even if there's no verbal communication on what's going through the brains. So uh, you know, those cool lights came into play. Very good practical effects. Thank you. I believe in it wholeheartedly. I think um, that's one thing, you know, 
our whole crew like really like is practical effects. I kind of come to see that. Yeah. Yeah, there's going to be a handful of things coming down the tube too uh, that are. Uh, we had a few CGI artists reach out to us as they want us to help on certain things, and uh, we declined because I'm kind of a stickler uh, for the details of a lot of things, and I want I'm more of a practical effects baby myself, and I want everything to be real, and uh, it you know just more uh, uh, the words escape me right now. Just you can tell when something's not real, mm-hmm. you know when you. When you come back to watching this again, you're like, How, you know, it still holds up. Like ten years from now, it like, yeah, it still holds up. That's kind of what we're going for, because we are trying to go as practical as we can. Yeah, the um, yeah, I know, I, I know what you mean, especially with today's video technology. I recently yeah. had to replace my big screen, and you know, mine was a old school rear projection 1080p Samsung, and it finally died so i went out and i bought a new tv of course it's 4k high def the whole mess and some of the older you know films that i've watched many times on this rear projection tv looked totally different and wherever there was cg they just went they looked totally fake yeah i mean it looked the movies actually looked worse than they did on the older older technology because they were built for the older technology of course sure but yeah yes. it's i mean even in some of the new stuff it still stands out yeah absolutely if it can't um if it can't be done in real life then we'll opt for cgi but everything we every every obstacle we've come to including some of the more drastic things that we haven't publicly released yet we were debating on whether or not it should be cgi and it was a hard no like I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend a few weeks of R and D to see if I can do this. Uh, and it, like as far as puppetry and things were concerned, it was like, well, I could do this convincingly. Uh, so that's the, that's the route we ended up taking because, again, if it's not real, it just doesn't look like it exists. It shouldn't be there. It's you know, mm. fictitious. And and also, end of the day, like if we can even make it look convincingly, and people like see all the behind the scenes, the work that went into it, like they didn't mm. use VFX kind of thing like that's gonna surprise a lot of people like how much we pulled off like even for us like man i can't believe we actually pulled it off yeah well there's so, a lot of examples of that too i mean the original star wars trilogy is, that's exactly what came to mind is a perfect yeah. example of it the they, original movie it was all practical yeah then they Absolutely. go through and they update it and those pieces of the film really stand out compared to the rest of the film i mean it looks fake yeah where you know a flight a tie fighter shooting at the death star it looks real which when you know it's not but it's convincing enough that you it makes you think it's a real fight right well uh, to the point of that with it with anthony's interrogation scene there's going to be some pretty gruesome things that happen to his left hand specifically uh so you know instead of doing those things we we made a real left hand and it's got you know it's 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 literally his left hand i life cast it and i made it in silicone so it's squishy mm-hmm. uh but <clears throat> you know pa- painting silicone props isn't an easy task by any stretch of the imagination because paint doesn't stick to silicone nothing does besides no. silicone. so um <clears throat> You, you know, as as far as like having the 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 mental wherewithal to know what we're doing, it's 
it's a, it's a lot to ask, but if we're able to do it, we're going to pull it off just for the more convincing factor of it. We're not going to CGI breaking his hand. You know, that's just, it's just ridiculous. So with sticking to practical, are there, cause I'm thinking like, okay, if you do an ODST drop pot scene, it might be easier to do it in VFX, but would you employ do, using minis miniatures to do a, a drop pod scene? Have you ever heard of the on that one? <laughs> Have you ever heard of the term bigatures? Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to use bigatures for the drop pod sequence. Um, as far as the VFX, uh, there won't be much. Won't be much at all. Uh, if if we can successfully pull it off and it looks good to us, then it's probably going to look good to the majority of people viewing it. Um, but yeah, that that's the thing. We're doing that. Well, if you want pre-screening feedback, we're here. <laughs> I would love that. Honestly, it's always good to get. I mean, we're fans too, yeah. But it's always more, um, m- more emotionally supportive. What other guys say, I think you got it. You know what I mean? So yeah, probably more could probably set that up and send you guys something. Yeah, and I know being around cosplayers, like I've been to a few conventions and have been roped in as being the photographer or handler or something like that so being somewhat knowledgeable i guess in the cosplay space it'll be interesting to see how you all take your um your expression and your ability to make armor make convincing props and sell a narrative using this kind of using your passion and your talent to bring something to life like this Sure. I don't think I've seen anything quite like this before other than some of the other projects that I mentioned before that haven't really come to light or um, some of the other ones that I, I don't know of many other live action Halo things other than some of the official stuff that's been out there. I, I'm, I know there's, there's some out there, but I don't think there's really been any that have hit mainstream and really stayed. Yeah. Uh, one did pretty well, but I forgot what what was that one called? Like what it means to be a hero or something, but that was just them throwing people into a multiplayer fight. Oh, you're talking music. about the, the big football feeling one. Yeah. Like there's no context behind it. There's, you got Spartan versus Spartan overall. It looked good. Like the cinematography and the color grading was like really good. But then you got like random Spartans and you see cat running around <laughs> trying to shoot other Spartans. And like, what's the context behind this? Is it multiplayer? Like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, imagine if you just took like big team battle Slayer and just live actioned it. It'd be chaos. And that's, 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 that's all that was to me. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. Excuse oh, that me. was the other one. There was one called The Fallen. Oh, yeah, that was. He was on the beach, right? Is that the uh, ODS beach, right? Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I think so. Where he wakes up on the beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's the only yeah. other one I could th- think of that was actually like put out there and decently well produced. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't bad. The CGI was good. With I think they had skirmishers or jackals. I can't remember. Uh, but that was pretty neat. Yeah. Um, then there was one more. It was Hell Hell Jumpers or Hell Jumper. And that was like nobody really heard about that one, and it has a really good opening. But for whatever reason, it is like super desaturated, 
and a lot of talking, but their opening scene was pretty good. I like the opening, but it's, I don't know why the color grade is almost not, it's almost black and white. I, I assume you guys I are familiar about with that one. I assume you guys would be familiar with a little bit of the ODST lore. Yeah. Like you've mm-hmm. seen the short video ODST. Yeah. So that flag that they use in that film, it's the 19th battalion, you know, with the flaming skull. I, I just wanted to kind of cue you guys in on what we're shooting for. Like, I'm so tired of seeing that damn flag. Like everybody thinks there's just the 19th battalion ODSTs. Um, as I touched on previously before our, our live chat, I'm, I'm quite the history buff, especially when it comes to warfare history. And uh, I really wanted to pull inspirations from some of my favorite films and uh, units in World War II, which was the 101st Airborne Division. Mm-hmm. Um, so we dubbed our, our squad the 101. We made our own custom little emblems and everything. And if you guys are of a mind, I would love to send you one. Uh, just for a thank you for having us on. I'll even... It's it's not easy to make out. But there is... You can kind of see them. But see it's it a little bit, yeah. It's on our chest right here, but it's an emblem. Yeah, there you go. It's on a shirt. Of course, it's on my shirt. Yeah, (laughs) that's cool. So you so you have your own emblem for I guess whatever your platoon would be. Yeah, the battalion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But you know, it's pulling the inspiration from real world sources was always fun. I mean, you know, ODSCs are basically futuristic paratroopers, so why not? You know. Yeah, we'd be honored. I'm. I mean, we're just happy to talk about it and see what y'all are putting together with this thing because it's not every day that we get to see something like this kind of production being made in the Halo community. So just happy to see that y'all are passionate enough to put one together, and it seems like y'all have put the effort into it. Yeah, absolutely. I know I keep saying uh, that over and over again, but that really speaks volumes to the fact that you've already made it this far on your own, putting your own time and money into it shows that you have commitment to actually see this thing through to the end. Ah, uh, you just like a broken record. It's all right. It, it's a big deal though. It really is. I appreciate that. I really do. If you guys would, um, get more your, your addresses or what have you for both of you guys. And I'll, I'll, I'll send these things out stat tomorrow. If you're of a mind. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Be happy to. Yeah, send the podcular Instagram. Um, just hit me up with your guys' information. I'll relay it to Larry. I will do that. I've got GT's address, so I'll just send you both of ours. All right. Do you guys have any uh, experience with yourself finishing props or anything of the nature? Uh, I personally haven't done any prop making. I've been around the 4 or 5th folks enough, I guess, to kind of get a sense of what they do and We've had a few 405th folks on as well. We had, I interv- I think we interviewed Jeremy, who did part of the Hunter cosplay. Fantastic. We've had a few other cosplay folks on from the Pacific region, uh, the Central region, uh, some of the other uh, other smaller groups. We just had the folks on from Impact Props uh, not too long ago. We've talked to Anvil Station. And a few of those other groups. So I've made friends through some of the 405th connections that way. I haven't done any hands-on experience myself, but we've talked to plenty of them on their techniques, how they got started, um, what different materials each one uses, and that kind of stuff. So 
sure. A lot yeah, of head knowledge, no experiential knowledge. <laughs> yeah. What about you, GT? Yeah, about the closest thing I've done that is paint, painting the uh, plastics on my motorcycle. That's as far as I got. And then after I got done with that, I took it to somebody that actually knew how to paint. I think about have about half a dozen 405th members that have offered to help me build an armor whenever I decide to actually sit down and make one. You should. It's fun. It's a cathartic experience, to say the very least. It's fun to build it and uh, make it your own, basically. I like I like the different techniques a lot of people use, you know. But I, I, as far as like the, the organized groups of people, years ago I was in the Mandalorian Mercs. And uh, I, I, I actively avoid joining joining large echelons of people. As far as, I mean, there's a lot of weird mentality that happens, almost mm-hmm. cult mentality, which is ironic because November Black is becoming its own thing. <laughs> it, yeah, but it's your thing. Point. The only painting yeah. technique that I will ten out of ten never recommend. My little ADHD moment was dumping, trying using baking soda to fill in the Nerf AR holes on the little screws and then I ran out of super glue to fill in the holes. So I'm like, you know what? What if I just dump baking soda all over my Nerf gun and then I spray paint it and give it a weird texture. It didn't work. I have it no. sitting behind me. I have the whole thing though. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why it's it his 30 second ADHD fit causes maybe like an hour of work. So you told me it's gonna take like five minutes. I was like, "All right, I'll, I will sand it down." Not the damn it, Anthony. <laughs> hey, you live, you, you live, you like learn, right? He won't well, see, do now. It he knows not to do that. <laughs> yep, I now know. I should really think before I do have an idea. Yeah, there's a hurdle we had to overcome. That one. That's a good one. I forgot about that one. <laughs> teach, <laughs> teach more, teach more. You know. Yeah. Teach me because I'll come. I have like all these brilliant ideas, and then all of a sudden, one's coming like prop making. So, like, oh, yeah, can you do this? And I'm like, yeah. And then all of a sudden, I some I don't know how. More so and his wife ten times worse than started. They joined for a few shop nights that we have down here. I say shop as if it's some type of enterprise. It's actually just in my basement where it happens. Um, but. You know, the shop nights are really, really fun. Uh, you know, a lot of guys get together, you know, we just have a few drinks and we talk shop and we make things. It's just, it's, it's like a full blown production where everybody's down here. One night we had somebody down here playing guitar, you know, they were playing the Halo theme on acoustic while we were making stuff. And it was, it was really amazing, but, uh, that's cool. You know, like, uh, when people don't know how to mold and cast thing, they think it's some, they think it's like some big albatross of a task, you know, and I have just so many like random molds laying around and it's like, Hey, you want to mix up some chemicals and make some stuff tonight? And it was like Moore's first time down here. He's a little tentative. Uh, and then there was the other guy who was going to be, uh, you know, his name's Clark. He was going to be our ODST in November Black for the medic role that we were wanting to fill. But, you know, we were working on a Sean Bradley kit. And he was like, oh, no, I know it'll be done sometime. I was like, what are you talking about? It's going to be done by the end of the night. He goes, yeah, I think that's kind of impossible. It's like, bro. Like there's me and there's all the shop monkeys down here. Like it'll be done by tonight. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to take 30 minutes out of the shop to go upstairs and wrestle with my kids. I'll be back in a minute. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, well, he's not working, so it's probably not going to happen tonight. But lo and behold, it always it always happens. No, but, yeah, um, that's cool. Like with my kit, right. the knee part wasn't connected. Like that's part that we kind of missed out on. And you, just, like half awake, here I got this. Yeah, I don't know how you do it. Just rip out fiberglass and grab the resin. He's like, "Here, boom, it's done." 
intoxicated and half awake. It's like, no, 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 no. Here, I'll show, I'll show you one time, boy. Yeah. Listen here now. <laughs> Just proves that he can do it in his sleep. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, literally. And I was like, okay. Like, he just solved a problem that without even thinking about it. Yeah. I, I, just I would use duct tape. What, what state do you guys do the way? I'm in Maryland. Okay. Not I'm in Kansas. Kansas. Where at in Kansas? Kansas City. I'm about oh, yeah, 10 hours so, away from you. Yeah, so but you're relatively close to Fort Riley, right? Mm, not especially, but yeah, it's not too bad of a drive. Yeah, that's fun. I got some stuff people in Fort Riley. Uh but anyway, I was I was specifically asking. Uh Joey actually lives in Maryland, if I'm not mistaken, right more? I don't remember. He, him I think he also know. Yeah, I, he, he he's one of the guys who helps out a lot behind the scenes. He's basically the dad of Ryan's world for November Black, you know. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm happy you got the reference. If you're ever of a mind, I highly recommend <laughs> you come down. And uh, there's more than enough room and all of the houses around here. As far as November Black's people, you guys can totally get a feel for it, uh, you know, and just kind of ingratiate yourselves we'd love to have you guys around it'd be fun i appreciate that remember yeah. in the ohio area i'll have to hit, hit you up yeah man for sure do it you know come and see where all the magic's made we are you planning know, I mean, like my wife and i are planning some kind of road trips at some point. <laughs> at some point yeah we have a couple of like so growing up my family used to do road trips cross-country type stuff and there's a few road trips that we want to take together at some point. And that, and with the halo community, I've met so many people across the country. So part of it is to go to places that we want to go to like national parks or famous iconic places like the St. Louis arch would be something to go see uh, Yosemite national park, the arches in Utah, that kind of stuff. So do some of that also mixed in with seeing some of my friends. So one of my, my good friends lives in, in Memphis. I know the person behind uh, Hazel. She lives up in Wisconsin and we're good friends. So go visit her and visit several other people kind of across the country. And then also show her some of my stomping grounds across Tulsa, where I went to university, Albuquerque, where my grandparents grew up and that kind of stuff. And there's also the balloon festival out there. So Several different road trips that we want to do at some point. So if, if one of those ever crossed that path, I'll have to reach out to you and hit you up on that. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, I'm, I'm more than positive. All the guys would be totally fine with letting you guys on set and everything. You know, it's not like a highly secure area or anything. So it would definitely be a lot of fun to have more, um, more people that aren't necessarily a part of the production, but can just kind of, you know, be a fly on the wall for it all to happen. Shooting has been extremely fun with the crew. You know, just I, I can't speak volumes enough to how solid the whole crew is. It's just fantastic. You know, absolutely. That's good that you have a camaraderie, camaraderie for that. Heavy. Hopefully, yeah, for that for makes sure. the production a lot easier and not as much headache and and fighting yeah. infighting with. Forgot to mention, I actually have. Um, we we did post it, but we did use it for the scene, which we I'm sure you saw this post. So going back to like the practical effects. Our director, Josh, in photography. These are his one-six scale toys. Nice. Cool. So, 
He threw all that together. Nope. He, I don't have the one six <laughs> scale. So he got he got he got the big one for the insurrectionist look. And then yeah. threw some stuff together and worked. I think he spent like a week or more work getting that poster looking right. Yeah. It's been fun. It's been real fun. Yeah. Passion that y'all have really shows. Yeah. I can talk yeah. to you for hours about this damn project. <laughs> so yeah, my, my wife keeps saying November Black. November Black, November Black. Like, all I do is talk about November Black. Yeah. You probably will until after it's done. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, what's next? But we'll see on that. Before we got into the production, I was like, hey, you remember the last film I worked on? She's like, yeah. It's like, this is going to be 20 times worse. Are you sure you're ready for that commitment or do you want to leave me now? <laughs> She goes, I support you. I hate it, but I'll support you. It's like, thanks, baby. I love you, too. <laughs> now I'm going to go on for the next five weekends promoting. Is that cool? Yeah, sure. Whatever. You know? That's yeah. that's that's cool. Yeah. Now, my, my last question for now, because I'm sure we'll have you all back on closer to the release of the the short film. What's been the one hardest thing that you all have had to overcome or the the biggest lesson that you've had to learn while pulling this project together or working on this production? I don't personally have any, you know, I I knew what I was getting myself into. A lot of the other guys haven't ever done film before, but I knew what I was getting into and I I knew exactly what kind of monster I was going up against. So as far as it it, it all just comes to really great planning. So, you know, I, I, I'm Gucci, you know, I was fine. More might have something. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i guess it's like we were just <clears throat> just saying to get the mindset like man all we do is talk about it talk about november black i think it's finding that try to find if, especially if you're in relationship or have a family you got to find that balance make time for them because it, it at times it'll become like my obsession i'm like that's why i'm able to knock out stuff so so frequently because i'm always thinking about it you i've with my job, I can multitask while I'm editing car photos. I can just work on November black photos or videos at the same time. So I'm always kind of doing something even when I get home too. So try to find that, that balance, really understanding and communicating with, with your group, who you're working with, I think was a big one, like understanding everyone's what their strengths and weaknesses are and communicating with everyone and learning to trust each other. Like when I first hopped on, when I, I would give idea prop ideas to Larry and Daryl, probably the stupidest thing to do. <laughs> like, hey, have you guys tried using some foam thing for a prop background? And then, like, no, we got this. So I've learned just like if they say that they got it, I'm no questions asked. Now, like, I was asked, can it be done or something? Or they'll find it. Like, I don't even bother them. I know that things will get done. The biggest, the biggest thing with that, it, you know, wasn't the fact that whether or not we, you know, it was, it wasn't the dumbest thing you could have done or said, but you know, every everybody in this production's kind of had something like that in between here and there. But you know, it's just like when we come into this production, everybody had a job to do. Uh, you know, Josh's job was script and direct. Mine and Daryl's was prop production and armor, and. uh you know, it's like Anthony's stuff was PR and it's like, dude, your time's going to come. Just wait. I don't envy you. Like, you know, like nothing's going to happen until we get all the suits made. And, you know, it's like a, a few months process and then the suits are made. Now it's like, all right, Anthony, you ready to start throwing out a lot of content because we're ready to do it. And, but I mean, dude, he's been 
Moore has been killing it like a thousand percent. Like, you know, I can't, I can't speak volumes enough to that. Everybody in this production has been doing a thousand percent effort and then some, but a lot of people didn't know what all this type of production would encompass, but now they know. Now they know. And everybody's still holding strong. I mean, they're very, they're accolades in and of themselves, you know? So it's, it's just great to be, it's great to be around these people and it's great to be honored by the fans that have seen our work so far that are highly impressed by it. And I'm just super blessed to be in the group that I'm in right now. And I look yeah, forward to watching all Even over on TikTok, I am surprised, like, there is literally almost no negative comments everyone just the most comments is they want to join or finally something like what fans have been asking for for years like those are 99 percent of the comments that we're getting like i from my toy photography i'm always used to little thing little nitpicky lore stuff but with what we have shown on what i post on tiktok it's like everyone's like i like this let's keep it going i've even had a handful of people who are exclusive to Sony. Like, I don't know anything about Halo, but I want to learn it Halo now. I want to learn what you guys are doing. The only wow. negative comment received one of the like two uh, that was actually even remotely relevant was somebody asked us, why are we using contemporary G3 tactical pants? And it was just like, shut up. Look at the reach art. That's what they're wearing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. I, I don't count those tactical people. Like, even with the whole tactical training. Like, do these people not realize that everyone, whoever your instructor was, has their own personal way to do it? And it might not, it, the way could be right, but it might not be the way you were taught. There's so many different ways to go about certain situations. As long as it, yeah. got, it has the foundations down, it should be correct, which is what we huh. have. Like, our way is done in a particular way. Yeah. It not works. to mention so I, this is 450 yeah. years into the future. <laughs> <laughs> No, they forget that one. They're like, well, that's not how it goes. You should go like this. Like one of those. Who knows how it's going to go? (laughs) With uh, with a director, Josh, he's got like this. He like hyper focuses on a scene when he's on it. You know, he's like, he's got to get his lighting just perfect and everything's got to be perfect. And to me, I'm just, I'm just there experiencing his little mental capacities he gives me. But it's just like, it's like, well, we got to just do this exactly. And it's just like, Josh, you think anybody's going to care? He's like, I don't care if anybody cares. I care and I want people to enjoy it. It's just like, all right, psycho, like, you know, do whatever you want to do. But, you know, he's like, (laughs) what if somebody says this is stupid? It's like, Josh, what we're going to do is ask them where their Halo film is. And then that just shuts down the argument entirely. But he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the community deserves better. It's it's just like, all right, I get it. I'm not going to argue with that, you know. Yeah, I got nothing but praise for Josh on that. Like the whole, I know that little minute detail that I can tell you that just an example when it's coming to lighting. So, you know, in certain things like that ring light that you get when you put like a light behind someone, it gives you that little mm-hmm. outline glow. He was very adamant that it has to be in a particular scene and set in a certain way that only those with that eye would notice. At 4.30 in the morning, he made yes. us do this. I mean, I noticed it, like, when I saw him, like, okay, now that you point it out, I see it, I'm like, yeah, that is definitely some high-quality, like, professional stuff that only people at that skill level would realize, but if I didn't even think about it, I would never notice it, but that, he was super adamant, like, it had, that has to be on there, on camera. The last thing I just want to say about Josh is, uh, <clears throat> if I wasn't married, he'd be my wife. <laughs> I would make him my wife. Because I like where his brain's at. And that's that's that. I'll wrap that up. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, at least your wife knows what she's going up against now. No, she doesn't. It's going to be a surprise when it happens. <laughs> jokes aside, jokes aside. My wife is very supportive of this project, and I can't thank her enough. There's been many of nights of her and the kids going to bed without me just to make sure this project pulls through as best as we can perform it. And uh, and I know she's getting tired of it, but, you know, everything's going to be fine. She supports me a thousand percent. And I love that about her. But I married her, so. I can say the same about my wife, and she's even gone down to be an extra. She sure has. My yeah. wife wouldn't do it. <laughs> I'm gonna go hang out with you guys. Yep, she, doesn't, she doesn't know much about Halo, but she's like, I, doesn't really know much, but she supports it. She knows the theme song by heart now because I play it every day. So, <laughs> um, so Moore has a character in the film. I don't want to give too much away just yet, but uh, he has some public speaking he's doing for the insurrectionists and. Uh, one of our one of our mutual friends was kind of coaching him prior to going on, you know, going live to do it. Uh, so you know, he's like teaching him all this stuff, and he goes, "All right, Anthony, what's the most important thing in your life right now?" And without doubting, in front of his wife, he goes, "Halo." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh well, at least he's open and honest. You know, <laughs> can't be mad at the guy. Yeah. Rodney, yeah. coach, just kind of looks at me and he goes, "Do <laughs> you hear that?" Is like really heard dedication to the role. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, that makes her sleep better at night, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. That's how you convince yourself. Yeah. Man. Yeah. You guys have anything else you'd like to talk about, or GT? Any other questions you want to bring up? No, I've got all my questions done. All right. I mean, we we could sit here all night and talk and <laughs> talk more about it, but. I'm going to be respectful yeah. of y'all's time and we can have you all on again. We'd love to have you on again once it gets closer, once you have other big announcements. Yeah, um, sure. I know, th- yeah. I know the, uh, the big trailer is going to be coming out here in, in the not too distant future. So mm-hmm. I guess with that, plug your stuff. Where can people find you? Where do you want people to get more information about the project? Uh, yeah. So shameless self plug time. Um, you can find me on any social platform under the moniker Vulture Productions, V-U-L-T-U-R-E Productions, like the bird that eats decayed flesh. Vulture Productions. Very good. More? Uh, you can find me in more shots, but not the old guy. No, there's an old guy that, with the same name. So look for the younger one that has a bunch of Halo stuff. When you type up more shots, that's probably me. With the nice hair, the other guy's old and bald. Yeah, <laughs> who I have been tagged in his stuff. Like his customers have tagged me. Who's also a photographer? Madness, yeah. madness. I there's haven't a, gotten this recently, but every once in a while, I will get tagged with a weather article that's related to an actual dust storm somewhere in the Middle East. <laughs> that's hilarious. It hasn't happened in a few years. I'm surprised. I used to get it like once every two or three years. But it's been like six or seven or eight years since I've gotten tagged in one of those. That's funny. There's another. There's another Vulture Productions. I'm not sure where they're at, but apparently they're the, they are a theater and a play company of some sort. And uh, I don't know who came first, the chicken or the egg. But I kind of want to message him and be like, "Stop using my name." I <laughs> wanted to do the same for this guy, but it's a legit studio that he owns somewhere, 
And I just want to message him like one of these days after the film is him, like, hey, I'm kind of a big deal now. Can you uh change your name? Like, what about less shots? You know, less shots has a ring to it. He's got an LLC out of his garage. Don't be fooled, you know. <laughs> Probably. All right. He's done like a lot of corporate <laughs> stuff. I'm like, man, I'm told when you look up more shots, you're gonna see a bunch of like his stuff at first for his business. As soon as you scroll down, it's just me all over. And then you go on the photo, it's just me. Well, all right, boys. I humbly thank you for having us on tonight to talk about our uh, our fan film. Sounds weird to say it like that. But uh, thank you very much. And I appreciate both your times. And more thank you for setting up this whole ordeal. I can't thank you enough. You're absolutely slaughtering PR. You are, you are Master Chief, and PR is the grunt. And you are beating it in, while it's sleeping. You're doing great. Thank you. <laughs> it was a pleasure to have you all on. Thank you for spending time out of your evening. Sorry we didn't get this early on enough to have some of your other folks on, but hopefully we will get the communication lines figured out. We'll get everything straightened away for the next time we have you all on and can't wait to see the trailer that comes out. Hopefully next time we don't have more than just on because it would have been a crap view. Like it, <laughs> it would have been the worst. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. That's it. I'm going to wrap it up and uh, go to bed. Yeah, thank you all. Thank you, Twitch chat, for tuning in. We had a new subscriber and a new follower. So thank you to uh, Fintic for the subscription and the the bits. Thank you all for coming on over tonight. We will see you all for Fragging Friday tomorrow. GT will be hosting. I'm taking part in another play date uh, with some other content creators over on MCC tomorrow, so I'll be there late or may not be there and then we'll see you all next week for our next podcast so have a good night everybody thanks for tuning in thanks guys bye later thank you for listening to pod tackler the unofficial halo universe podcast you can find our podcast on your favorite podcasting service and listen to us live every thursday night at 8 30 p.m eastern time on twitch check out our website podtackler.com and join the community on discord at podtackler.com slash discord if you want to play Halo with us, come join us for Fraggin' Fridays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Become a supporter of the show by sharing the show with your friends and family. Or help keep the lights on by subscribing to us on Twitch, donating via PayPal, or becoming a patron alongside Confal, Pins Halo, and Prestige Ace. Until next time, keep on fragging trucks. <laughs>